right. Hello, everyone. Happy Monday. And welcome to another episode of Crypto with English. You know, uh, it seems like as we move forward in time, uh, the metaverse, generally speaking, is becoming uh, more and more of a part of our lives. And in fact, blending in to uh, really much of uh, what we do you know, every single day. So I'd like to warmly introduce today's guest, uh, Allison Alexander. She's the co-founder and director of ethics and social policy at MetaCampus. And today we're going to deep dive uh, into this project, you know, uh, some of the nuances and of course the uh, broader context is, as well. So Allison, thank you very much for coming on today. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's really lovely to be Happy that you're here. And uh, if you can kind of uh, tell everybody, um, you know, introduce yourself and um, introduce Metacampus. What is it? Uh, what does it seek to accomplish? Okay, so two, two um, really great questions and great opportunities for me. Um, so first one first. So hello, um, I am Alison Alexander. I am based in the UK. I am the co-founder um, alongside Perez with um, an Edu Powell of, of Metacampus. Um, and I also have the role of director of ethics and social policy, which I'm sure we'll get to lots of conversations. Well, Alison, uh, just to slow, pump the brakes a little bit, for some reason, you're cutting out every second or third word now. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's... Uh... Okay. Um, it looks okay at my end, but let me... I sure, can try I'll to... give, you one, give you one minute. I'll try problem at all. To shift onto a different uh, sure. yeah i just wanted to pause there before we really got into the you know the meat and potatoes of this really really uh, interesting project i want to make sure uh, you know nobody misses anything yeah no worries so, that, i appreciate that what i'm going to do is i'm going to do the technical thing of toggling into my phone and see if that brings yeah. me a better sure, <laughs> uh, sure no uh, problem so, uh, you give it a shot Bear with me. So, uh, just click here. So, okay. I think we may. Okay. Is that is that any better? It's a little bit better. There's a yeah, it's a little bit better. Okay, so let's see if we can work with that one. Yeah. Actually, no, much better, much better. So I can okay. hear you. All right. So. Entirely now. Uh, okay. So, um, so um, as I said, Alison Alexander. I am a co-founder along with Para and Edu of MetaCampus which we'll come on to. Um, and as well as being that, I'm also the director of ethics and social policy, um, which we can talk lots about those issues. Um, but I have, um, I am I'm in the UK and I have, um, for the last couple of years, I've been working with uh, virtual reality and then shifted over to work um, with Pera and Edu on Metacampus. But prior to that, um, and a really valuable experience bringing into this is I have like 32 years of working in local government in, in the UK, which means realistic, really, I was the CEO of a, of a council of a whole area. So we worked on 
education, housing, social care, building roads, building houses. So I was responsible for really building communities, which it feels really brilliant now, like in everything around the metaverse, Web3, the decentralized internet is all about community. So there's a real kind of thread for me when I first trained um, as a really young professional, I trained as a youth and community worker. It was for the people, by the people, and therefore that that thread um, feels to me kind of really, really strong throughout everything I've done. Um, so, um, and so from there, after 30 years of the public sector, I thought I need a change, I need to do something different. Um, and literally, um, somebody asked me to use all my skills as a leader to help them grow their VR-based company, which was about providing training to professionals as to how do you walk alongside somebody? How do you put yourself in someone's footsteps and then really understand them? With the pure concept of how do you change behavior and you change that by affecting someone's thinking and their feeling, and then you get a behavior change. So, um, so I used all of those skills to use that and bring the virtual reality to the police in England, health system, education, social care. Um, and then um, Pera asked me to join him on here on a, a venture to um, to rebalance the world and bring much more equity into the world. And he introduced me into the decentralized internet, Web3. Um, and I was from the first time I, I read that um, concept. Um, and for me, from, from then on, so in, in January, I moved into working with Perat Nadu in driving this and the whole team of Meta Campus and really driving it forward. So that's me. That's who I am. Great. And, um, uh, you know, yes, please. So then you asked about Meta Campus. So I was going yes. to jump on to so Meta Campus. So, so at Meta Campus, um, we, are, um, we are. Alison, for some reason, I am losing you again. Oh. It's very frustrating. It's getting very yeah, yeah. I know. No, it didn't pop up earlier for some is, reason. Is it back on or is it still? It's like every second or third word. Um, yeah, uh, I'm kind of missing and getting kind of the staticky sound back. Oh, okay. I'm trying to think of how else I can address that. It looks all good at my end. Hmm. Any... You see, now you're sounding clear for some reason. So I should not move. I should not touch anything. Oh well, of course I'd like you to like you to be to be, to be comfortable. But yeah, like uh, for some reason now it's sounding sounding much clearer. So uh, okay. So very... does, can you can you hear me now? Am I with you? I can hear you. Yes. Okay. So so let's try this. So MetaCampus and MetaCampus, we have brought together a group of people who are all passionate about changing the way, changing the society, really seeking to rebalance and actually to develop products that will allow us to help professionals move into the Web3 ecosystem, to work in that ecosystem and to continue growing their knowledge as they move along with the exponential world. We want it to be much more accessible and inclusive. 
So MetaCampus is an overall, we have a company and we have different strands of what we do. And one strand of our work is about education, education, education. But it's not just education in the normal lecture sense. It is about how do we bring education that helps people grow their understanding, their technical skills, but also immerses themselves in the culture of Web3. We bring those three elements together and that we've also brought together the concept of a gamified learning because actually people work, learn really well when they do. And also we're working with people to bring challenges into that. So people who come on our program get to experience experiential. They go through a simulation where they deliver challenges that are happening in Web3 at the moment. So they can build their own credentials as they move in to work in the Web3 world. Wow, it's very cool, to say the least. When it comes to, you know, using the metaverse to, uh, I guess you can say, you know, otherwise better, better improve society, you know, integrating people and, you know, I guess you can say scaling and enhancing, you know, uh, job skills and uh, other practical skills. What's the first step in that process? I always, it always seems like I think, um, and I think we still often see this nowadays, um, there is still a little bit of a hesitation for a lot of people when it comes to just Web3, generally speaking. So once you start throwing in blockchain and NFT and metaverse, you know, some people, uh, some people kind of their guard comes up at times, you know, whether yeah. it's here in the US or, or elsewhere. Oh, across the globe, I would say. Um, yeah. And I was listening and I have been um, listening and talking with colleagues and literally the amount of people who say to me, what? What is Web3? And they immediately tell me all the things wrong with it. So they not only don't know about it, but they definitely know all the things that are wrong with it about before they've even tried it. Yeah. Um, and I think um, that that is the really important thing. It, it's the I mean, we define it and talk about it as a revolutionary decentralized Internet aka web3 yeah um, and it's all about a whole cultural shift so when people are going to really come into it you have to help people understand that it isn't the same old way so i i heard one of your um uh interviews the other day say about they'd lost their wallet um and they'd given up having a wallet yeah dr jane sure. yeah she was talking yeah. about that um and actually that's a really fearful thing for for certain people yeah how do you do yeah. that so the whole concept is, yes, as you say, how do you bring people in? You've got to firstly induct people into the whole ecosystem, all parts of it. But that needs to be, that doesn't mean they have to be a technician in crypto or a technician in wallets or a technician as a coder. What we need people to do is to understand the breadth of the ecosystem. So we need to give them that and then we need to give them the tools. So some of the tools that we're talking about is we are talking about everybody will have to have a wallet, several wallets probably, and they need to have a hot yeah. and a cold wallet, yeah? That means one that's plugged into your internet all the time and one that you plug in every now and again. But people need to do that. People will also need to be able to buy crypto. We need to give them the tool to do that. And that's, that's, a really, that's a really important thing to people to build confidence. Because when you have, have got the confidence to buy crypto, then to actually put it, have it in your wallet, then to send it to somebody so you can really achieve what it's about. Transaction uh, for person to person that we transact. I can send you some money. 
Or, I mean, the first time I sent somebody one of my NFTs, I was just like, oh, my God, where is it gone? Or is sure. it going to land there? Um, and it's really, we need to give people the skills. And we need to give, I'm going to say, the regular people, not like the you and me who are getting more and more into this, but people who don't understand it. And that's what we're about. How do you take people who are already professionals, accountants, lawyers, marketers, teachers, lecturers, and how do we say you could have a, a career in Web3, but yeah. to do that, you have to understand and have an ability to use the tools and to actually understand the culture and to really immerse yourself in the culture. And the culture is the important thing about the decentralized internet. Very well said. And uh, I was wondering if you could shed some light on uh, I guess you would say metaverse and uh, metaverse training, or you could say metaverse interaction with uh, individuals or part of society looking to yeah. learn new job skills. Uh, is, yeah. is Are there numbers out there as far as like, let's say how much time and money that would save, uh, you know, as far as, you know, those processes versus let's say you just hand somebody a textbook or you, you know, provide them kind of just a link to a very generic, you know, onboarding type of process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it is it is a really good question about the, the time saved. Uh, and I think that's the important thing. I spent, and I use my example, I spent months looking at loads of different documents, loads of different articles and loads of different podcasts and looking at lots of different YouTubes to try to understand it. And to be honest, I lost days. I lost thousands right. of hours of my life, really, because sometimes I'd go down a rabbit hole and I'd be like, oh, my God, this is really, really interesting. And it is interesting, but I didn't need to know it. Yeah, There's something about right. helping people understand what they need to know. Do I need to know um, how many coins there are and what all the coins are or what all the tokens are? Do I need to know that to operate, to build in the metaverse? Do I need to know that to be a teacher right. in the metaverse? To be to be um to be a creator in the metaverse, and so for me that's the important thing. So I believe that you can save people thousands of hours. And what we say is that we've taken a thousand hours of learning and compressed, or a thousand days, and put it into a hundred. And therefore, we can allow people to go from zero, I don't know anything, to right. absolutely being comfortable conversing with anybody about the metaverse and obviously your knowledge grows every day after that but it gets people to the position that they can comfortably secure employment in the metaverse right and and it seems like a kind of a recurring theme in human history but it seems like whether it's you know individuals or systems um it seems like people are more or or more uh comfortable with essentially what they're already familiar with versus what's already better or more efficient. So let's say in the UK, is there like a fair amount of, let's say you can call it, you know, bureaucratic either pushback or resistance to let's say entertaining, you know, listen, why don't we move some of these agencies and these processes into some sort of metaverse ecosystem? You know, um, are, are, are many things kind of saddled and, you know, kind of burdened with like legacy systems and, you know, you could even say, uh, many of those uh, interests uh, relating to such. Yeah, and, and I, I mean, I am smiling because it, it just is such a bugbear of mine that I just want the public sector and everybody to grasp 
the the kind of web three like to really right. say absolutely come through my door but what i sense is it's it's those people who are working in the private sector will invest time and money in re, in to do that research and then what happens is in the public sector and i speak of somebody who got very agitated sometimes from people in the private sector who came and told me how to do it differently actually they are 10 steps ahead even 100 steps ahead because they've learned to invest and explore the new where actually if you think um, and you've had many people on your show talk about different things but um you you talk about healthcare you talk about how you could really change it you could share information in the yeah. health system and local government they want to share information so the same people know it interoperability we call it it's it's like obviously what we want with the metaverse interoperability right. which is really important but actually if you bought that if you use the blockchain to give me ownership of my data so then i can share it with you and with you the people i want we get around that date like that data sharing and actually you resolve so many issues and you release up so much resource if you used yeah. the blockchain for voting imagine bringing voting to the blockchain nice. yeah yeah and and so i used to be a returning officer um so that means somebody who calls the count and all of that in the uk oh wow um, and i did it once for one of our prime ministers because of where i worked and actually the amount of money that is spent in that now if you took the vote into the blockchain imagine so literally that's why when we say we've got to like dip everybody into this knowledge it is everybody anybody who works anywhere needs to understand what this new world is and the new world is a it's a decentralized internet which says we could do everything fundamentally differently for the benefit of society very well said and you know with your project um what if you could talk about some of the underlying uh you know uh, technology uh what, do, what are you using as far as like a a blockchain or like a layer one or a layer two um what are you know some of the objectives as far as you know using accessories like you know headsets and uh haptics and all those type of things yes yeah, so we we will use and um, be using um like led to a polygon and actually in terms of our system will allow people to come on by their computer because the minute you actually say the only way to get into it is through headsets i remember when i introduced virtual reality and everyone right. had to have headsets it stops the masses because they're not comfortable with that yet so what we're right. doing is we're bringing our education is through a platform it will be a gamified platform and actually people will be able to as they do it more they can they can immerse themselves in different ways but what's important is that people can access the whole thing on their computer and that yeah. and on their phone because we want more people to get into the world yeah and that's why when we talk about like the metaverses if you ask somebody to look at the metaverse now um and i've given many people uh like decentraland solar space go check it out go have a look right. and they kind of try to go into it um and but if i said here's a headset you've got to do it they wouldn't go near it so we are thinking of all those people who need to be helped to transition and the first transition is you get people to understand it to look at it and to feel comfortable walking around in it 
and seeing themselves right. as a digital twin, having themselves there. That's what you need people to see. Well, I think it's extremely promising that something like this uh, can scale, you know, systems in training for the average person. In fact, it almost reminds me of that scene from The Matrix. I think that was when Neo, I think, you know, first entered it and he's essentially being mentored and tutored by uh, Morpheus. And he was literally uploading martial arts styles, you know, into essentially into his skill set, into his brain. So it was like Kung Fu, karate, boxing, kickboxing. And then he's like, I know Kung Fu. He has that, you know, he has that famous line afterwards. And I know it's a little bit of a hyperbole, a little bit silly, but it's, it seems like it's kind of the same idea there, so to say. Yes, it will be. Um, we um, we launch in October, and it will be uh, funny um, when you talk about kung fu and martial arts and having a teacher and having a student and how they learn together. So there's right. there's lots of that. It's it's having somebody to take you along your journey. Yep. So we have right. created that so that we will allow people to be supported in their learning journey. Right. And I would imagine too, uh, you know, this, this is probably either intentional or unintentional, but I would imagine that a lot of programs that are operating on the metaverse and they're using something like an Oculus or an HTC, you know, um, you know, to allow their users to, you know, learn and participate in these various, you know, you could say upskilling kind of experiences. Um, I would imagine that things like uh, glitches and errors and deficiencies are also going to be much more noticeable. You know, I think it's yeah. one thing if you're, if you're looking at this on your desktop or your cell phone, but I think if you're like locked in with a headset, and, you know, essentially completely immersed in yeah. every conceivable way, you know, you know, as of 2022, um, those little errors are not going to be so little. Um, you know, for, for, you know, as far as the user experience, so to say, if there's a microsecond delay in something that shouldn't have that kind of delay, if, if, if maybe some of the graphics are off or the speed is off or whatever, you know, uh, I would imagine companies are going to have to really step up their game. Yeah. And, and they are the things that kind of um, put people off. And, and, I, and I say that I'm talking about people who we generally are talking about people who are very professional in their field, but they've never touched this. And right. actually, you've got to enable them to actually get used to it. And later, yeah, they'll be like with their headsets on, walking around, all of that. And by then, actually, the whole world needs to keep evolving on this, doesn't it? When we talk about like that actual at the speed of technology, that is right. something that every everyone will be always burdened with, yeah, as we, we grow and more usage is taking place in that. But it right. is about how do we, how do you not scare people off and how do you right. enable people to understand? So for me, the reason like this is really important is because you will only get inclusion within the metaverse if you find ways to bring everybody in. And if the only way that people can come in is that they have to be able to have a headset, they have to feel comfortable with that, I think what happens is you get a limited group of people in the metaverse. And then you have a limited number of people out who are deciding what the metaverse will look like. It's right. that saying, if you, don't have, if you don't have a diversity of people in the room, you won't create a diverse environment because right. you only will develop it for what you want. However much you try to think about other people, you actually need to have everyone in the room. So our program is designed to take everybody into the room and to get yeah. them there.
from their starting point. And then once they're in the room, then they can go wherever they want in that way. But our ambition is that we make it huge, very accessible, very inclusive, and that we enable everybody to take on the culture, which is the most important thing. We are we are here at a, a, a kind of precipice of like, we've got an opportunity to fundamentally move from this centralized approach to a decentralized world and to right. really empower people in that. And that's what this is about. Right. And if you can talk about gamification, this seems to be almost novel. And it's probably not entirely, though, but, you know, I think it's novel in the way we're seeing it play out in technology nowadays. What is the strategic advantage to having, let's say, a gamified training or a gamified certification process? You know, regardless of, let's say, whichever, you know, um, you know, function or department you work in, in, in government, like uh, how does that augment and scale? Uh, you know, kind of just the overall improvement of things. Yeah, well, if you are, if you and I were sitting here and I was talking to you for hours and hours, you would kind of get bored with that and soon switch off, yeah? Um, and, but actually, if we were in a game in here and we were hopping around and we were like going over to challenges and we were doing a challenge together, which was all about, so if, for instance, you're learning the lingo or you're going over to another sure. place and you're setting up a wallet, how much, like, as human beings, learning styles are very much around that. Some people are thinkers, some people are reflectors, and some people are doers. And we need in all learning to comprise of those three elements so that we can really cater for everyone. And what we believe is that when you're doing, especially if you hear, hear the theory of setting up a wallet, and going to buy an NFT and going to join a Discord and going to join a DAO and that you're going to have your the, the voting rights of a DAO. If you read all of that, you can take it in, but you need right. to be in it, don't you? So the reason we've bought that element is because we want people to get into it straight away. So when we say the metaverse, the metaverse is you walk into a different environment. You have an avatar you immediately are starting to look around you, seeing the world differently. So we are taking the same. We are bringing people in, giving them that, that avatar and allowing them to then walk in and then take that learning journey at their pace. And right. it, it, sometimes it could be a group of people who are doing it at one pace, or it could be somebody who says, I need to keep doing this for a while so that I really right. feel comfortable. Right. And I think it's great that you mentioned, uh, you know, learning styles, because, you know, I think uh, everybody has their own unique system process or, you know, affinity towards, you know, certain things as well. And I think especially since the lockdowns and going forward, I think it's very promising uh, to see that. I think many people, in fact, I think much of society is actually quite self-motivated. You don't necessarily need to have, let's say, a micromanager, you know, breathing down your neck or something like that. So... And I think it, one of the things that seems to be apparent is that many of these job functions can be done anywhere. And, you know, I think if you throw a metaverse um, ecosystem into that, well, then any of these job functions can be done anywhere and perhaps much better and much faster. And that's why we say that actually this is a real chance to really change the dynamics 
Um, and right. actually, it's no longer saying, okay, I've got to live in London to do this job, or I've got to yes. be able to commute to London, actually, right. or, or I've got to be in America. This is saying, I can live in Uganda and I can do this job, and I could come at it from a different, a whole different approach. As right. we heard in Dubai, their whole like adoption of the metaverse and their strategy for that, actually, they might live there and they could right. still do, do the same job. Actually, what I believe can start to happen in the metaverse is we start to say, what is the job that needs to be done? What is the skills we need for that job? Right. And therefore, we appoint people based on that, them having the skills. Because for us, actually, I feel that there is often unconscious bias when we are recruiting people into some of these jobs. And right. actually, the world yeah. has been seeking to eliminate unconscious bias for a long time. So if you think about this, now we do all of our job interviews in the metaverse. You have sure. yeah. an avatar in front of you. For me, our whole approach is how do we? We are passionate about how do we eliminate it? So we, therefore, you, you actually give people their credentials. They can put all their credentials on the blockchain. They can decide which parts of it you can see. It doesn't mean that you know my gender or my ethnicity. And actually, but what you do see is all my qualifications, my abilities right. to do the job. And then if we do meet, we could meet as avatars. And then actually right. you still might not know. I mean, even with some people, you might say, well, I can tell the voice, but actually you can still use lots of technology. This is, again, a real chance to eliminate bias. Right. And again, when you do that, you start to rebalance because it actually doesn't matter where you've got your education. And when I say education, I mean that in the roundest sense. It's right. about where you've got your skills. This right. isn't about which university you went to because actually employers in the in the met in the web three aren't looking for a list of degrees they're looking for evidence that you've engaged in web three and that you have a reputation and that you're connecting with people you understand community you understand all of the tools and actually nice. young people gen z's gen z's are saying i'm no longer going to spend four years getting a degree with a hundred thousand dollars or pounds worth of debt when actually, right. I don't need them to do the job. Right. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a good point that you mentioned as far as um, increasing, you know, uh, you know, diversity, especially in this new Web3 era. And I think this is something I think both the UK and the US have in common. But I think um, there's been critiques, respect, respectively, between, you know, the two countries and in various industries of kind of like, uh, you know, good old boy type cultures you know, being formed and kind of like these, uh, you know, these echo chambers and, you know, friends hiring friends and kind of, yeah. you know, deeply ingrained, like, um, you could say cultures of, you know, nepotism. And, you know, unfortunately, the, you know, nepotism eventually ends up creating a need for innovation because shit hits the fan usually. And then, you know, there's problems and you need really outsiders to come in and, and fix things. Like, uh, you know, for example, like uh, I heard uh, one of my buddies based out of London, he's telling me that there's a critique sometimes with, uh, you know, people in, you know, various positions of government, they go, they come from the same colleges. And actually, we, we hear that here in the United States, too. So I think in the UK, it's like uh, Eton and Gordonstown, and then it's like Oxford. Like, it seems to be, it's almost like a, it's almost like a mill, you know. And in the US, it's like, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's usually like Harvard and Yale, and maybe one other school that tends to be, you know, where yeah. all the Supreme Court justices come from, and where all the yeah. senators come from, and, 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 and things like that. So... 
you know, it, it seems to me maybe a lot of these problems come from the fact that, you know, whether it's a conscious or unconscious bias, but people just kind of keep, uh, you know, um, either selecting or empowering just people who are just exactly like them. Yeah. And then we recruit, we recruit. you don't, you don't we see where the punches are coming. That's you know? it. You just, you're hiring your friends at the end of the day. Yeah. Or, or either friends or yourself. You recruit right. often who you are, yes? So right, you went right. to this university. So even if you don't know the person who went to that university four years later, you're, they'll say to you, I went there. You'll associate everything you did with that university and go, okay, I know the kind of person they're going right. to be. They're the kind of person I want on my team. When actually yeah. they're the person you least want on your team because yeah, you perhaps, need yeah. that diversity. Not because they're, they're not good. They're probably really good, but... You need a diversity. And what's right. happening, this is what we've now got the opportunity. If, if you think about it, you've got all the creators who are coming into the to the world of Web3. Creators who were created before, but the NFT world has given them an opportunity to walk in. And actually, they've started to form connections and communities across the globe. Twitter spaces, people are now in, connected in ways they would never have been connected before. People yeah. are therefore recruiting people through those spaces. Discord channels, the, the ones that now start to say, tell me what you need or ask me a question or ask me to loan you something. They're, right. they're really working hard at uniting people across the globe. And that is the most important thing. This is now right. our time to change how we do things. Yeah, why not make it fun too? I mean, if you can gamify even the hiring oh. and the interviewing process, like with an avatar and essentially with a video game character in like a little like sandbox type of gaming ecosystem, yeah. you know, go into location and, and, and individual people to, you know, expedite these processes. Yeah. Uh, I think we'd all be surprised uh, how much more relaxing and actually educational that's going to make yeah. uh, all of our days. When we, like we have a game, our game, you then do that and say, come meet your potential employer in our right. game. Have that conversation. Right. Let them right. see you doing something and actually how you were experienced. The first time we ever created a virtual reality room was for that very reason that you just said. How to put two people together, they could put on their avatar and they didn't yes. have to look the person in the eye when they kind of talked to them and told them some very kind of sensitive stuff. And then they sure. could jump out and then meet them and then right. still look at them face to face. Yeah. So but sometimes people who are whether it's an introvert or people aren't as confident or they haven't right. had as many opportunities, they might just not put themselves forward. If right. they have to go somewhere and meet somebody, but you put them in a game or you put them in that metaverse and hey, they would just rock it. And that's sure. again why we think yeah. this is the time when you can really change the economics of the world. The decentralized internet is all about changing our economics as to how we are socially constructed and environmentally constructed. And it's such an amazing opportunity. Right. And, you know, and, and kind of adding to that as well, and I think this goes to both either the employer or the, you know, interviewee, so to say, it's very easy to put on, you could say, a very good packaging during the interview process, either as the employer or as the interviewee, you know, so to say. It is very easy to almost kind of gaslight. I don't mean to sound cynical as I say, but it's almost easy to kind of either white knuckle it or like gaslight your way kind of, you know, through the process and, you know, things like, 
having a good conversation and whatnot, you know, those things, you know, on, on one hand, it's it's good for, you, you could say, building bridges, but on the other hand, it could also be distracting, you know, to, to other things in, in, in the bigger picture. So if, let's say if you had a scenario where it is literally just this metaverse gaming environment and you essentially have to attack the objectives or the questions as is, you know, that might just be the rawest, almost purest way to actually, you know, navigate that, that process, so to say. It really gives everybody a fair opportunity, doesn't it? We talk about having that, yeah. but actually when you walk into a room and everyone on that panel looks like you, right. you will feel more confident. If you walk sure. in that room or, or that you have a disability and, and you're not able in that way to, but you don't see anybody that looks like you in that room, you are right. already having to get over a hurdle. So if you take right. them out of there and say, these are the five tasks, we've got them up here, we now want to see you do them. Like if you look for any job in Web3 at the moment, people don't want your CV. CV is old hat nowadays, yeah, from my right. style. I have this long CV and I could send you it, but nobody right. wants that anymore. If you right. literally, I, I, I looked and I was playing at it and actually, what people want to know is what experience do I have at doing the task that they want doing? What right. is my Twitter handle? What is my, whilst LinkedIn is a, a web two, it is trying right. to draw itself, but they want to look at that. They're then looking at me. They're then looking at my interaction. And that's how they then start to make the judgment of, am I delivering what I say I really can do? Right. that I might present in an interview that you said that I don't actually have an evidence of. I might just say the words that you want to hear. Sure. And uh, this might just be a you know byproduct of human nature, but I think, um, you know, I think all of us to an extent more or less need to be insulated, if not kind of protected from our own biases at times too, because, you know, as we go about our day, we don't notice it. You know, I, I think a lot of these things are not intentional, so to say, but, you know, like you said, you walk into a room and let's say everybody looks and speaks like you automatically you're going to feel more comfortable for better or for worse i mean these people yeah. might just be you know part of my friends pieces of shit but like you know you might miss that because oh wow they're from the same town as me they speak just like me they look just like me so you know you kind of miss maybe some of those little you know extra details yeah and that is why we do have that real imbalance, don't we? Because if you think, if if I as a woman, I've walked into many rooms and, and in a sense, as a senior leader, as a CEO of a council, I can sometimes think, oh yeah, we've done this equalities, we've got it balanced because I'm there, sitting there. But right. then I walk into a room and all the time, the politicians are men. Sure. And then yeah. you're having that, yeah? So I'm having to first convince them that I, I can do that. So you're immediately one hurdle. And then again, if, if I was a, a woman of color, I would have to do the same. If I then have disabilities, I'm also then having to do that. And sure. actually you, you remove all of that. So as you said, we don't go through life consciously, consciously being biased. We, we actually inherit a lot of things we have sure. a lot of junk in our head that we didn't know was there until it actually comes out. And actually, we need to be protected, as you said. We need to be able to be make the best decisions. And therefore, the more we can remove a lot of that from our view, right. the more we're likely to make a better decision. Right. 
And, you know, like, like hypothetically, if your interview process was really, you had to create and customize an avatar, and that avatar could really only be like one or two types of space aliens, so to say. And, you know, you can either choose like a, like a purple skin, you know, almost like, you know, almost like a mod, so to say, but you can either use like a purple or green skin. And that is how you're going to have to go about your onboarding and interviewing. I bet you that's going to change a lot of things. You know, uh, you know the so, you know, let's say no names or, you know, no age, no, you know, no gender. You just see the certifications. You just see the skill sets. You just see the experience, you know, yeah. that would uh, that would, you know, very much. Uh, I think that's going to save a lot of headaches in the future. Yeah. That's what we're about. That is what I mean, you used to go right back to the beginning. And you said to me, what is Metacampus about? And that is what we're about. We want to make sure that that change is brought in and that we equip people with the ability to do that. The metaverse helps is there to do that. But actually right. what we're doing is making sure that we can bring as many people in yeah. so that yeah. then there are so many people to choose from. And then we get the right people doing the jobs that we need to do. Very well said. And a final question. So what does the Meta Campus have in store for the remainder of the year? I mean, it sounds like okay. a lot of exciting things going on. <laughs> so we do. So we're doing, uh, we're working quite a lot at the moment with um, some companies who want us to help us. I call it um, in a very English way, sheep dipping their staff in the in the Web3. <laughs> really <Very> English. Nice. <laughs> so, um, so no, I've heard that term before. So yeah. <laughs> I like it. Sorry, so, no, so no worries. Please continue. <laughs> So, so we are going to, we're working with um, some, some universities and some companies that have asked us to do that from across the globe. Um, and so that's very dedicated um, courses, but we've then got the launch of our course, um, our express program in October, where that means that individuals will be able to register on that or companies can buy whole swathes of course um, spaces on that. And that will be that time where we take people through a kind of like a program that takes them from zero into the employment. Then by the at the end of the um, at the end of the year, we then start to launch our full program, which is what we say a hundred hours of learning, which is yeah. a much more intense. At the same time, we are establishing our own um, investment DAO. And our investment now is very much about how those people who come through might be some people who want to be the founders of the future. And therefore, nice. we are therefore, everybody who comes through our program gets access as an alumni into our investment now. But some of them might want to put forward ideas as to actually a business. And then we will match them up with VCs so that then they can they can pitch their proposals and therefore we can hopefully not only grow the community into the web three, we can also grow the next iterations of startups. That's awesome. I am very, very excited for this. I can only imagine if let's say, uh, you know, this now becomes a, you know, bigger part of society. Could you imagine how much that would scale just learning elementary school mm -hmm. learning, you know, just, uh, you know, I guess, you know, here in the U S at K through 12 learning, uh, maybe children who otherwise struggled, they may be able to find an edge in this. I know. And I know we're coming to the end, but that is so, so important that actually everywhere we need to be rechanging education. This is yeah. where we need governments to be listening. 
We need educationists to be sitting at home over the summer holidays and when thinking about how can we bring blockchain, the metaverse, crypto into our teaching of every subject. We need yeah. to be moving forward to be teaching about the future world that our children are going to be walking into. As right. one, and we can teach them about history, that's important, but let's teach right. them history using the tools of the future. Let's yeah. look at history through the metaverse. Let's enter those sand dunes, those like uh, the the institutes, the castles, the cathedrals in the metaverse. Let's do teaching using those tools so that then those people who are going to be the workforce of the future, they're not learning in their bedrooms on games and how their right. own exploration. They're learning in the classroom and actually the classroom experience is equipping them to transition into the Web3 and that the culture, they are taught the culture. That's the most important bit. We have to dip everyone into, we have a new culture of decentralization and we want this to be for the people, by the people. So important. Yeah, I have to say my excitement is definitely elevated. Like imagine learning like the Middle Ages, you know, in the metaverse, you know, with like an Oculus or something like that. You know, interacting, you know, go to the blacksmith, put on your armor. Like, you know, yeah. kids are really going to, really going to love that. It. Yeah. But we've got to get educationists to get over. Because if you think, yeah, I'm I'm older, and therefore if somebody maybe had bought it to me years ago, I would have gone, what is all of this? But we need everybody to go, okay, it's okay that I don't know it. It's right. okay that I need to learn it. And therefore, I'm actually going to use the children in my classroom to help me learn about it because they will be really enthusiastic. And if you think of all those children and young people who don't want to be or they're just not theoretical, they actually want to be doers. Right. Imagine bringing that into education and educating them through the metaverse how many kids would complete school in a positive yeah. way as opposed to coming out of it and desperate to stop learning because their whole experience was negative we would change that whole dynamic yeah and you know you know you know and you know praise to all the great and amazing teachers that are out there you know really encouraging and really you know sacrificing you know their yeah. time and energy um you know to to help people through but you know Perhaps a, a metaverse type of educational system also insulate kids from the bad teachers. I mean, listen, there's plenty of them out there. You know, you hear about them sometimes in the news, unfortunately. But like, you know, but even like, you know, studies of, you know, different school districts and whatnot, you know, some have greater, um, you can yeah. say, numbers of apathy among their among their staff. And yeah. some districts have very passionate and engaged, uh, yeah. you know, um, you know, staff and, and teachers. And. You know, I think unfortunately, if you're, you know, if you're a child, you can't really choose much of the time you know, who your teacher is going to be at the end of the day. It's kind of a roll of the dice, and some people have good luck, and some people not so much. So, and you if know, you think that that determines your future, doesn't it? Did right? your dice get thrown right that the person right. you have in your classroom is inspiring you to be a learner? Because what right. we need is everyone to be inspired to be a learner. Yeah, right. and to learn in the way that they want to, because then we get everybody constantly in the conversation. But you're right. right. 
in every profession, there are fantastic and there are mediocre and there are some not okay. And we need to help it so that we turn that around so that everybody gets that inspirational education so that they actually, they want to go on and be those teachers of the future. But in the, in, in the metaverse, this is a real right. like, once in a lifetime opportunity. And, and Meta Campus are so passionate about every partnership we're building and we're building partnerships across the globe. We're in Dubai, we're in America, we're in Europe and we're, um, and we're really looking at how can we touch all sides? How can we constantly evolve as well? from what we hear in our conversations and our partners. And we are both building partnerships where we will work with people and we bring their challenges into our learning. But we also are partnering with people and they're becoming our educators and our contributors, yeah. those who are the experts. We're not creating more experts. There are experts out there and we're drawing them in through collaborations with us to be our contributors and educators on our program. Wow, that is, uh, you know, that is that is wonderfully put, and I am very, very excited for this project. And you know, especially Allison, I, I have to say, your your energy and your passion is very infectious. So I am very excited, you know, learning about all this and seeing what MetaCampus, you know, has in store for the rest of the year. So I have to say, uh, Allison, it was an absolute pleasure having you come onto the show today. And, uh, and you know, thank you very much for you know, you know, offering your time to come on and discuss and expand upon, you know, what you and your team are, are working on. You know, these are the type of ideas and these are the type of things, type of teams that really make genuine, you know, uh, difference, uh, yeah. you know, uh, you know, towards the future. And you can't ever, uh, you can't ever underestimate small, consistent efforts, you know, so to say, yeah. whether it's with startups or, or larger companies, these things do add up and they become very tangible a lot faster than you think. Yeah. And I would like to, because it is really important, as you said, to give a shout out to those teams. Yeah, I'm here. I'm talking to you. People will know me. People will know Para and Edu. We have such a fab team like Sarah, Dana, Iraj, Javier, David, Chris, Vilma, everybody. Yeah, And everyone, if I haven't mentioned you, Gilmo, they're all there. Mark, Para is so important. They're the ones that are doing the day and day building the platform. Nice. They are building the challenges. They are doing that to make sure that we have this that is going to help change radically how we educate people and bring people into the metaverse. Thank you for letting me say that. No, no problem. Beautifully put. So again, Alison, thank you so much for coming on. I'm looking forward to doing another episode with you in the new in the near future. And perhaps we can pick up from, you know, uh, this conversation and, you know, kind of deep dive a little bit more into some of these uh kind of nuanced things and of course to see uh, where Metacampus is at and uh, what you all are up to and what you all have accomplished thus far. Thank you very much. Have a lovely day. You Thank as well. You. Okay. Bye. Bye.